0: Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2371 with the release date of Friday, April 7th, 2023. To follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A difficult de-expedition takes on a humanitarian goal. The ITU opens an area office in India and hams in Australia celebrate the solar eclipse. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2371 comes your way right now. From
1: around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Dameron, n 8
0: our top story this week takes us to a foreboding, uninhabitable granite islet in the North Atlantic Ocean where a trio of de-expeditioners are just weeks away from activating that site. They hope to set a world record while turning that desolate location into a symbol of hope. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about their plans.
2: When they land on Rockhall Island in a few weeks, Emil Bergman, DL8JJ, Nobby Styles, G0VJG and expedition lead Cam Cameron hoped with the 3rd D de- de-expedition team to activate the island and they will use MM0UKI as their call sign. They hope that their planned 50- or 60-day stay starting in June will break the current world record of 46 days on the British Territory set in 2014 by Scottish adventurer Nick Hancock. Rockhall is one of the world's most wanted islands on the air and bears the designation EU 189. The team isn't just looking to set a record. With donations and sponsorship and the team members' own investments in the trip, they're looking to raise £50,000 for charities, the Army Benevolent Fund and Royal Navy and Royal Marines Charities. These charities assist veterans and their families as well as the families of serving personnel. This challenging journey to a remote spot 230 miles west of Scotland and 430 miles south of Iceland follows the de- expeditions in 2005 and 2011. Knowing that there are fewer than 400 claimed QSLs from previous de- expeditions the teams expect the airwaves to be busy. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH.
1: Tornado season in the United States is again upon us. In the past week, we've had reports of fierce storms that spawned possibly dozens of tornadoes from the south and the Midwest into the northeast, killing at least 32 people. Deadly storms also hit the central U.S., including Arkansas and Missouri. Joshua Carroll, AA5JC, Assistant Section Emergency Coordinator for Skywarn and Ares for Arkansas, reported that during the March 31st tornado in his state, 112 operators were involved in net activities during the storms that brought devastation especially to the western part of Little Rock. It wasn't just ham radio nets, which included Echolink and All-Star, he told AR Newsline. Our thought was, use what works. His team also collected and sent reports to the National Weather Service that they received through texts, Facebook, Twitter, GMRS, and Winlink. In talking with the forecast office after the event, Joshua was told, you guys were on fire. They indicated that three warnings were issued based on these reports. Lives were probably saved. This is another example of ham radio doing what it does best. So until all else fails... Use what works. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. Hams in Chicago
0: are celebrating the journey of the beloved ferry that arrived in the city from Canada 40 years ago. Oh, what a family history it has! Here's Andy Morrison,
3: K9AWM. The MV Abigwite is a ferry that once made many journeys across the Northumberland Strait of Canada. It carried passengers and cargo connecting Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. Now, in modern times, it carries memories. For George Dewar, VY2GF, there are memories of its christening in Quebec in 1947 by his grandmother, Catherine, and its arrival in Charlottetown on Prince Edward Island. For Wayne Anderson, VE3UWA, it holds the memories of his childhood trips on the ferry nicknamed the Abbey, which some members of his family worked on. The vessel was taken out of service in the early 1980s and in 1983 sailed to Chicago to become the new home of the Columbia Yacht Club. Hams who belong to the Columbia Yacht Club Amateur Radio Society have been making their own memories on board there for 40 years. The Abbey has been involved in the club's Boats on the Air activation with operators such as Alex, KC1NBT, calling QRZ. Perhaps the biggest memory it will be making next is the special event being planned on board the Abbey. Station K-9CYC will be on the air on the weekend of April 15th and 16th, marking the 40th anniversary of its arrival in Chicago. Club member Keith Klimick. KD9NEG told Newsline that while the boat provides operators with its view of the city skyline, hams will be calling QRZ on another kind of wave. Even as it's kept afloat by its busy future, it will always remain buoyed by the fond memories so many recall back home on Prince Edward Island.
4: This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Congratulations to the International Telecommunications Union, which has opened an area office and innovation centre in New Delhi, India. According to a report on the Oscar India channel on YouTube, the ITU's presence in the Asia-Pacific region is intended to help advance technology and improve innovation in India and across South Asia. The ITU is the specialized agency of the United Nations, dealing with information and communications technologies. The ITU Secretary-General, Doreen Bogdan-Martin, KD2JTX, was present at the opening in March. This is Jim Meachin, Ziville 2BHF.
0: There will be no more satellite launch plans for Virgin Orbit. Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, tells us why.
5: Virgin Orbit has shut the doors of its satellite launch operations, laying off 675 workers after six years in business. The company said in a filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission that its inability to secure sufficient funds has made it unable to continue operating. Created as a subsidiary of Virgin Galactic, Virgin Orbit's mission was to launch CubeSats into low-Earth orbit from beneath a commercial airliner that had been modified to accommodate its proprietary satellite launch system. The company did not have a history of great success with the system known as Launcher 1. Virgin Orbit's most recent failure was its attempt to launch a rocket on January 9th from Cornwall in the UK. The company CEO later said that the problem may have been caused by a $100 part that may have become dislodged in the second stage engine. The launch had been a much-anticipated event for Spaceport Cornwall, which has been competing for the U.K. to enter the global space market by becoming a home to satellite launches. This is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG.
0: On the weekend of April 8th and 9th, one of the operators in a DX contest honoring cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin will be a former cosmonaut
4: himself. Here's more from Graham Kemp, VK4BB. You can be sure that Alexander Volkov, U4MIR, will be doing his best as one of the special stations in a Memorial DX contest on the weekend of April 8 and 9. Alexander has something in common with the pioneering cosmonaut for whom the Yuri Gagarin International DX contest is named. He's a retired pilot and cosmonaut and is a former commander of the cosmonaut detachment at the Yuri Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Centre in Star City, Russia. Other operating stations will be representing some of the places that are significant in the life of Yuri Gagarin, who, on April 12, 1961, became the first person to fly in space. Stations will be representing his birthplace and the site where he landed after that historic flight. Operators will also be paying tribute to the evolution of Russian space travel by operating at significant locations in the space program's development. The contest is being held this year in memory of Konstantin Kachaturov RT3A, who became a silent key in April of 2022. Konstantin, a well-known contester and active amateur, had served as director of the contest, also known as the Gagarin Cup. The contest website is available at the link that appears in this week's text version of Newsline. I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB.
0: Time for you to identify your station. We
4: are the Amateur Radio
0: Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WB3GXW Repeater in Silver Spring, Maryland, and simultaneously on Echolink conference server Node 6154 on Saturdays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Congratulations to Rhea Jyram, N2RJ, who has joined the board of directors of Amateur Radio Digital Communications. She recently stepped down as director of the ARRL's Hudson Division, a post she held since 2019. Rhea is also a well-known presence on social media with her own YouTube channel and hosts a weekly radio show on shortwave station WRMI. The solar eclipse this month will have many hams in Australia thinking not just of the sun, but the moon. John Williams, VK4JJW, tells us why.
6: When the moon passes between the Earth and the sun on the 20th of April, observers in Australia will welcome what's being called Ningaloo Eclipse, a name given to this hybrid solar eclipse from an Aboriginal word. At about the same time, amateur radio operators in Australia hope to be busy celebrating Australia's other link to the Moon. They're planning to get on the air from an historic location that has ties to the Apollo 11 Moon landing in July of 1969. That landing, and so many other missions, was achieved with the assistance of the NASA Carnarvon and Overseas Telecommunications Commission tracking station in Western Australia. The US and Australian government worked to establish the station, which opened in 1964 and became a vital communications link between Earth and the NASA astronauts on the Gemini and Apollo missions. From April 17th to the 23rd, hams including Dan VK6NAD and Michael VK6TU will be activating a site between the Cassegrain horn that was used during the mission and the 30 metre dish. They were still awaiting confirmation of the call sign that they want to use, but they're hoping for approval of VI6CRO. This is John Williams, VK4JJW.
0: Throughout Australia, hams with a love of the natural world are celebrating a program that helped them combine nature and radio in that country 10 years ago. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, tells us how they're doing it.
2: This
7: is a big year for hams throughout Australia who are involved in the Worldwide Flora and Fauna program. The Global Awards Scheme, which celebrates parks and other natural settings, began its regional VKFF section in Australia in March of 2013. Activators have been on the air with the special event callsign VI10VKFF. According to the WWFF website, more than 80% of the nation's flowering plants, mammals and reptiles are unique to Australia, along with most of its freshwater fish and almost half of its birds. Although many hams have embraced these activations because of the low, high noise floor away from the home QDH, others simply want to travel around Australia and add amateur rodeo into that journey that helps them discovering nature. HABs who are hunting for contacts from home rather than activating don't need to submit logs. Activators are very eager to make these contacts. Be listening for VI10VKFF, which will be active throughout the year. This is Jason Daniels, VK2LAW.
0: An international team of de-expeditioners is making plans to visit a coral atoll in the Pacific that hasn't been activated in 10 years. Patrick Clark, k brings us up to date on their agenda. One of the next big de-expeditions in the works is well into the planning stages by the Perseverance DX Group. It's been 10 years since a major activation has taken place on the uninhabited Clipperton Island, which carries the IOTA designation of November Alpha hyphen 011, is a protected environmental reserve that is the only French possession in the North Pacific. Its last major activation was in 2013, the same year that Perseverance DX Group was founded. Next year, an international team of experienced operators will be on the island using the call sign Tango X-Ray 5 Sierra. They expect to be on the air from the 18th of January 2024 to the 2nd of February. Previous de-expeditions by the group have included South Orkney Island, Victor Papa 8 Papa Juliet in 2020, Ducey Island, Victor Papa 6 Delta in 2018, and Chesterfield Reef, Tango X-Ray 3 X-Ray in 2015. This is Patrick Clark, K8TAC. The death of AM radio has arrived at the Ford Motor Company in Detroit, Michigan. Ford spokesman Wes Sherwood announced it will not be installing AM radios in any 2024 vehicles, both its gas-powered and electric models. He confirmed the plan to the Detroit Free Press newspaper. He said that Ford will continue to make AM radios available in its commercial vehicles because of contracts the company has. Ford's move comes amidst a push by a number of prominent lawmakers and former officials of the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency. Opponents of the carmaker's elimination of AM radio say it is an integral part of the nation's emergency notification system. For our final item this week, the story of a Pennsylvania ham who is still walking on air after a recent out-of-this-world contact. Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, has the details.
8: And with that response from NA1SS, 73-year-old Dave Fix, N3AMY from the Reading, Pennsylvania area, says he felt like an excited eight-year-old kid at Christmas as he began a specially arranged amateur radio contact with astronaut Nicole Mann. It happened in the early morning hours of March 4th as the ISS orbit passed above Berks County in eastern Pennsylvania, just north and west of Philadelphia, for about a six-minute window. Fix gives a lot of credit for the contact to his longtime friend, also called Dave, who personally knows the first Native American woman in space and used to vacation with her and her family many years ago. It was Fix who suggested to Dave the idea for a ham radio contact. His friend liked the idea so much that he quickly reached out to Nicole's father, Howard, who proposed it to Nicole over a private family conversation channel to the ISS. She was all for it. But Nicole didn't get a chance to get her ham ticket before last October's liftoff, so she needed a little assist to set it up and then initiate the contact.
2: That was uh, a little famous Koichi Wakata, Japanese astronaut, that
1: helped us uh, make this connection over.
8: Indeed, Koichi Wakata, K-I-5, T-M-N, acted as control op and Elmer for his fellow astronaut. Fix and Dave and his wife Jan were ecstatic when they heard Nicole's voice clearly coming from the speaker over the mobile radio in the car. Dave, the family friend, kidded Nicole about why she never blinked the lights at least once as the station passed over Pennsylvania those many times while she was aboard.
3: I don't know what you mean, Dave. I'm always rocking my wings every time I fly over PA. a closer <laughs> over.
8: And as quickly as it began, the contact window started to fade, but not before a grateful astronaut made her final transmission. Okay,
0: thank you, uh, Dave Fix, for helping to set this up. We really appreciate it. So I'll never forget this. I don't think Dave or Jan will ever forget it. Nicole certainly won't. It is once in a lifetime.
8: I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V, in Reading, Pennsylvania.
0: We remind our listeners that young hams who live in the continental United States have the opportunity to make news if they aren't already doing so by being a recipient of this year's amateur radio Newsline Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. Consider nominating an amateur radio operator 18 years of age or younger, someone who has talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nominations are open now through May 31st. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we'd like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to ABC.net Australia, Amateur News Weekly, Amateur Radio Digital Communications, ARRL, Australia Communications and Media Authority, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, Detroit Free Press... Dimitri Kolanchuk, R3GM, DXWorld.net, Engadget, FCC, 425DX News, George Dewar, VY2GF, Keith Clemick KD9NEG, National Public Radio, Oscar India YouTube, QRZ.com, Perseverance DX Group, Date.com, Wireless Institute of Australia, Worldwide Flora and Fauna, and you are listeners, that's all, from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, visit our website at arnewsline.org, and know we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, leave a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Damron N18. BMW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening.
1: Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023, all rights reserved.